And a very good afternoon on this Tuesday. Hello and welcome to those of you listening in in London on 980 CFPL, in Hamilton on 900 CHML, and in Toronto on 640 Toronto, right across the Global News Network. Glad to have you along in this Tuesday, October 26th. And coming up, what is going on? What is happening at Rogers? Have you been following this? A lot of people comparing what's going on, what's happening to the TV show Succession. There's a big power struggle for control of the company. It's going on right now. Uh, just who is involved? What, if anything, does this mean for you if you're a Rogers customer? We've got the very latest on this story coming up. But first, let's get to uh, some uh, breaking news on this uh, Tuesday afternoon. The very uh, latest on the, the U.S. who have laid out new rules for international tourists. And with that breaking news... Let's welcome in our travel expert, Marty Firestone, who joins us first off here on a Tuesday afternoon. He joins us on Global News Radio. Marty, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Uh, What is the latest when it comes to traveling to the U.S.? What have they announced? Well, they basically addressed all the issues. And this is the one that I always just marvel at, that the land rules and air air rules are two different things. So the bottom line is international visitors heading into the U.S., including us as Canadians, are going to require and show that you are fully vaccinated and still needing the antigen test, or I should say the rapid test, to get in within 72 hours. Those, with a few exceptions, and I say a few only, will be allowed to get in without being vaccinated, but those are few and far between, and their test will be required with one day in advance. So the bottom line is you need to show proof of fully vaccinated, and you have to show a negative test for COVID. Okay, but there are still different rules in place just to how you come into the country, whether it's by land or by air? Well, so that that was solely by air that I told you. Land, as of November 8th, the border is opening. We can now drive across the border. We only need to show proof of being fully vaccinated. No negative test required, which, you know, boggles the mind. Why through land, no test? Why through air test? And that is still one of the interesting questions out there. Okay, boggles the mind. I was going to ask my next question by stating the answer is probably who knows. But do we know why there are still at this point and still persist different rules depending on whether you come in by air or cross uh, in a car over a land border? Uh, You're absolutely right. It does kind of boggle the mind. Yeah, no, because for the longest time prior to November 8th, the land border was closed, yet air travel could go in month after month after month so why did that happen why didn't air travel or i should say land travel that would appear safer not be opened up earlier to people driving in a car as opposed to uh, a person in a plane with 300 people sitting on a tarmac for three hours there is no answer to this and i unfortunately i i can't add to it because it just makes no sense whatsoever yeah wouldn't it be easier for travelers travel agents uh, alike if there was just a consistent set of rules i mean uh, you are going to another country you're going to the u.s and really for that matter marty wouldn't it be uh, much easier if there was a consistent set of rules right around the world by a governing body like the world health organization when it comes to a travel and everybody knowing exactly what it is they do need in order to uh, go to another country and then return home. Yeah, that, that's a great idea. 
but it doesn't exist. Efforts are underway. I mean, the vaccine passport, hopefully with the Canadian watermark on it in the top right-hand corner, is going to be what we need to go to all the countries, and they will recognize Canada for all it is with the vaccines, the mixed vaccines, the AZ. I guess they're trying. It's just moving so slowly that, you know, at this point, you have to check to what country you're going to and what the requirements are, because believe me, you could be a rude welcome when you get there and find out you can't get in. Yeah, a lot of frustration, a lot of confusion, to be sure. Still a lot of rains when it comes to a travel. Another big uh, headline, Air Canada with a major announcement today, Marty, that uh, they're going to have self-testing uh, options available for their customers. What can you tell us about this? Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> At the risk of not using the word boggle my mind, this one hits me again in a bizarre way. Bottom line is Aeroplan members and Air Canada uh, clients can purchase their antigen test and the PCR test ahead of time through an arrangement that Air Canada has with a supplier. And then here's the, here's the, the problem. If you can take this test when you are down in your destination to prepare yourself to come back into Canada where you need to show a negative COVID test. But it has to be done on a sort of telemed health scenario where you're calling somebody and they are watching you take this test and then there are so many questions as to what then does that test have to get sent to a lab or are they looking at you give it to yourself and then seeing what the results are and then sending you some accreditation it's just extremely confusing but in theory that's what it's supposed to do that you don't have to run to a pharmacy down in the states or in another country you've got it with you and you could administer it yourself All right. So bottom line, does this make things at least a little less confusing, a little easier for uh, travelers? It does, but surely not inexpensive. Again, these tests are running, depending on whether you're an Aeroplan member or not, anywhere from $150 to $200. So think about a family of five. This is a massive expense that they're going to incur in order to get back into Canada. Because remember, Canada requires the gold standard PCR test to get in, not the rapid test, which is a lot less money. So as long as that's still in place, going to be very expensive to travel. Is this catching a lot of travelers, a lot of your customers by surprise, Marty? What are you hearing from them when they've got to add maybe four or 500 unexpected dollars to their travel bill? Yeah. Who it's hurting are the day trippers, the ones who hope to go across the border and just shop or, or, or go for dinner or go for some family event of some sort. That's massive. The snowbirds still, it quite hasn't hit them yet because remember, they're leaving in November. They're not coming back till April. One can only hope that in April, this will not still be around this rule. So right now, they're not faced with that. But when they all start returning home again and all have to get the negative PCR test, if it's still in place, that's going to be a lot of uh, frustration at that point. Here with our travel expert, Marty Firestone, going over some of the travel headlines of the day. And Marty, I also want to ask you if there's any update when it comes to uh, kids, kids traveling. And will they still have to self-isolate, do we know, if you're deciding to travel sometime in the next couple of months during the holiday season? Great question. It appears, and, and this is part of the wording, that when one returns the unvaccinated, the 12 and under, they still are encouraged not to go into large groups again, which would be daycare, school settings, or things like that. Having said that, already some schools at the private level have notified the uh, parents of the kids that if you do choose to go away for that two-week period, you are keeping them home for the ensuing two weeks. And that is creating tremendous hesitancy on people now making plans for Christmas vacations for fear that they're going to be sitting with a scenario of having kids home for two weeks. So that's what I've heard And it appears they are going to follow that ruling that you should be isolated for a period of time when you return home.
Okay, that's important information for parents and for families to be sure. And just finally here, Marty, it's been a week since the government lifted that advisory against non-essential travel. And just wondering what your experience has been the last week and those in the industry. Has this given the green light to, to many to start booking trips? Yeah, many that followed that ruling, and I will say the few that followed it, because most did not, are now more confident about travel, knowing that they weren't told by their government to avoid all non-essential travel. The cruise advisory is still level four to avoid cruising, so let's not forget that. That's still in place. But there's no doubt, overall, everyone feels if my government, my country now tells me that it's safe to travel, albeit with keeping careful with masks and social distancing, then I'm good to go. So we're seeing a huge, huge uptick in people now making their plans to travel. All right. Our travel expert, Marty Firestone, with us on this Tuesday afternoon. Marty, much appreciated as always. Thanks so much. Thank you, Jeff, for having me. Okay. uh, November is roughly a a week away. That's right. Hard to believe, but next week we'll be into November. And maybe it's a good time yet to start thinking about and booking that uh, getaway to a a warmer uh, climb. Earlier this morning, uh, we asked Anthony Fresnel about that. He joined Carolyn and myself on the morning show with his uh, winter look ahead. And as they say on Game of Thrones, winter is coming. So we asked uh, Anthony, what are we looking at this winter? Is it going to be overly cold, overly snowy? Well, uh, yes. Uh, I think for the most part, snow is a theme that is uh, universal across much of the country. It is raining for a second day in a row here in Toronto. That temperature, however, if it was five degrees colder, it would be the first snow of the season. And I think we're going to be seeing more of that as we move into November and December. So uh, we're looking at a lot of different things. La Nina keeps coming up. This is the second year in a row that we are talking about cooler than normal waters in the equator region of the Pacific. And this can affect the jet stream all around the globe. And specifically here in Canada, it favors a lot of cold, a lot of snow out west, and perhaps a more brutal start to the winter here in Ontario and Quebec and even Atlantic Canada before conditions relax a little bit later on. So where will we see the most extreme conditions this winter? It looks like uh, Western Canada, and you may say, okay, that's a no-brainer. Of course, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba is cold in January and February, and yes, it is. But this winter, perhaps uh, extra cold, below average temperatures, and that may lock in for quite some time. At the same time, we're going to see an active jet like we've had uh, for BC. So there have been these bomb cyclones, these massive storms. Those are going to continue for much of the winter piling up the snow in the west and then it's going to uh, be back and forth for areas like the Great Lakes, Quebec and even Atlantic Canada but with above normal snowfall and we look at past years Carolyn with a similar setup 2007-2008 rings a bell to many Uh, that was an extremely snowy year for basically the eastern half of Canada so even though it's warmer than normal I still think a lot of snow lovers are going to be happy with this forecast and it gets going early. It was such a warm mm. fall. It's transitioning now, and, and we'll have some winter weather uh, in no time, along with uh, lake effect snow as well. All right, there's the Global's chief meteorologist, Anthony Fresnel, with his winter forecast, his winter look ahead, joining us earlier on the morning show. 
Mary, Dave, I don't know about you, but uh, I actually, I don't mind the changing of the seasons and I don't mind winter coming as we head into Christmas and the uh, holidays. This sounds like what Anthony just said to me to be kind of the perfect scenario that we're going to get some snow early on. It's going to get a little more colder, a little brisker, but then it sounds as if January, February, March might actually be a little warmer than a normal. And for me, anyways, that, that sets up to almost be kind of the uh, perfect winter, Mary. Oh, it does. And I mean, if you're a skier like I am and enjoy the outdoors and outdoors and enjoy the, the winter weather, I say, bring it on. I mean, you know, if all the summer toys and the boats are out of the water and we can't really do anything in the outdoor capacity because of the nice weather, let's have the snow, let's have the, the you know, ice rinks and let's still get out there and enjoy the great outdoors skiing and, and skating. You know who enjoys the great outdoors? but I don't think is enjoying or will enjoy this winter weather is our good friend David Spargala behind the board because I've noticed, Dave, the last couple of days here, you usually cycle into work and I don't see the bike anywhere. Yeah, it has been pretty out. I don't want to damage it. Uh, yeah, There's snow tires for bikes. Yeah, I mean, you're good yeah. for a couple months and now I'm forced to like walk in or take that dreadful TTC. Um so I've been walking it in for the past couple of days. But tomorrow I'm going to be biking because it's going to be nice. A nice, what, I think they're calling for 16 or something like that. So I'm looking forward to that ride in. All right. Uh, well, having, I still can. Having said all of that, I did turn the furnace on for the first time the Ooh. other day. So yeah. We had but, the fireplace on this morning. Mm-hmm. There we go. A sure sign that, I'm yes, holding off. once again, to quote a <laughs> Game of Thrones, winter is coming. Back after break here on Global News Radio. Stay with us. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.